how to behave ourselves on the story. But y'all know what we thinking right now. <laughs> I'm ready for the night. I got a little uh, extra energy. I don't know what might come out of my mouth tonight. As you can hear, tell them go sit their bad asses down so we're grown folks in here talking. <laughs> T-G-I-M. Hey everybody, it's your girl Claudia Jordan, and it's Wednesday, and I am back with another episode of TGIF, and we are here to spill the tea and break down some of the biggest headlines in the news and in the world of social media. So sit back, relax, get you a little something to drink, and let's get ready for this hot tea. Please welcome brand strategist Al Reynolds to the show. Hey, Al. Hey, what's going on, Claudia? Don't you look nice in your pink today? <laughs> Thank you. Some Fashion Nova $17 dress. They <laughs> make it do what it do. Uh, I see you matching your lampshades tonight. <laughs> I just thought about it. Yeah. I kind of look like a lampshade today. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> got the yellow and the red. Okay. All right. All right. You got a lot of love about those lampshades from last week. Please welcome multimedia personality talk show host. Smiling. So it looks like you got something to share with us. Funky guy. Uh-oh. What's up? Hey, y'all. <laughs> what you like? What's, what's going on? You get your little piece of something last night? I actually did have a gentleman call the last I felt night. It. <laughs> oh, wow. I felt it. But that ain't got nothing to do with this smile. I'm just smiling. You're smiling hard. No, that ain't. It's just the same old regular boy. Like, it ain't nothing. No, there's something different. <laughs> but I, and, and I'll and I'll talk I'll talk to this about when we get to this portion of the show. I had to dump one of my gentlemen callers about that stuff going on over in Ukraine and Russia. And we'll talk about that. My the Russian, Russian one. Mm-hmm. Oh, we can't be friends no more. Oh wow! Is he pro Putin? Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Was he a good lover? Yeah. So I put him out. <laughs> before or after the set? After. after. <laughs> I found out before. But all we right, had stay focused to, at all times. We had, right? we had work to do. So after the job was completed, you know, oh. I was like, it's, it's been a nice ride, but you can't come around here no more. So you put him out your house like a little mm-hmm. refugee. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, whenever you want to talk about it, you just let us know. I don't know if that's a sensitive subject or not. No, not at all. Not at all. Okay. You got a roster then, huh? They say the best way to get uh, over one man is to get under another one. So I just, oh, dang. I just move one from the bench to the court. That's all. Alrighty then. Well, I don't even go. <laughs> what y'all drinking tonight? I'm like. I'm, I'm doing water tonight. You know, everybody's been complimenting me on how good my skin has been looking lately. <laughs> I'm, just trying to, I'm just trying to keep it that way. Water. You, okay, do you just drink water with us and then leave and go to the bar and drink? Or are you just not drinking at all on and off camera? So, you know, I'm really not a big water drinker. I'm, I'm, I'm be very honest with you. I, most of my water intake comes in when I'm at the gym. Um, I'll throw back maybe like three things of that. And when I go out to dinner, I will make it a point to drink the water that's on the table. But in my daily walk, I really don't drink water the way I should and that's oftentimes why y'all see me at the IV hydration place. Okay. Okay. Al, what you sipping on tonight? Oh, I'm doing a red blend again. I'm, I'm finishing that bottle menage a trois. So, hey. <laughs> okay. I just do some uh, vodka and cranberry juice. So I, we'll see what happens tonight. All right, let's get into the show. We got a lot of things to cover tonight, and the fans already, they are all up in the chat just going in, and they have comments about your Russian lover. We're going to get to that later. Laverne Cox says she will not be apologizing for the comments she made about Will and Jada on the red carpet. 
Laverne said in Instagram Live, if the Smiths need an apology from me, I will do that privately. Why do you think Laverne Cox is so resistant to apologize for what she said? Or is she not? Al, what do you think? Um, you know, I I just feel like maybe she's enjoying this media coverage. Um, and I think in and that's what she should do. I think she should make it live as long as she can. Um, otherwise, I'm not saying anything negative about her, but you know, she wouldn't be in a media cycle if we weren't talking about the comment that she made. Okay. Okay. Q thoughts. I think doubling down on a wrong is a horrible idea. Um, I think, you know, on the flip side of things to Al's point, if you want to stay in the media, fine, but what's the end game? You're not going to get another red, red carpet hosting job like that, carrying that attitude. Now, you know, it's funny because when Laverne Cox told the joke, that was such a funky Dineva joke. Like I so would have said something like that out of my mouth, but it would have been in a podcast format or it would have been like, on TGIF, when you're on the red carpet, you're supposed to be a bit more pulled up and you're supposed to stick to the script. What are you wearing? What are your latest projects? Where can we see you next? And that whole entanglement, it just was tacky for the occasion. And mm. it's a little bit dated as well. Like that's so, what was it, months ago, six yeah. months ago? And yeah. to kind of bring it back. Um, I, I also often wonder, though, because like, I've definitely done some red carpet stuff, and sometimes you're under pressure from your producers that are in your ear trying to get a moment from you. So I wonder if it was really from Laverne or if it was from her producers, because it you doesn't know, seem like something she would do. You know what, Claudia? It's so funny that you said that, because, you know, um, I worked the red carpet with my ex-wife, and um, it is definitely something that I can see a producer doing, because they have things that they want you to say to kind of poke the bear to get a response. So I actually thought the exact same thing that you just said. Like, I thought maybe, you know, as they were wrapping up the interview that maybe someone said, do you want to get that entanglement thing in? Because the way she threw it at the end made me think that somebody was prompting her to, to try to go there. And Laverne Cox isn't new to this. She's been around for a long time. So I think she knows better. So maybe she really wanted that gig to, to continue and be, a, you know, come back for it. I've definitely been in that position where I, I said something that was not natural to me under, the, you know, the pressure from a producer. Mm-hmm. Not I, on TGIF, of course, but on other I, shows. I will say this, though, as trained media professional, somebody who's been in this for a while, Claudia, you know that. And no disrespect to the producers of this show. You don't have to listen to the producers. You don't. Because at the end of the day, it is your face out there and it is your neck on the line. There are plenty of times, especially when I was on Sister Circle, um, people would say things in my ear in the IVF. And I'm, like, I'm not saying that. I'm not doing this. Take this shit to commercial. Because again, it's my face, my career, my contract on the line when something like this blows back. Nobody knows Mr. Unknown Producer who's in the in the microphone in the background so you have to use your discernment you know what i'm saying you have to kind of go with the energy of the moment it was just tacky i wonder if that's a you know it's a difference in mentality like when you're an actor it's not like okay we have the the freedom to say what we think what we have to say that's our job right Mm -hmm. when you're an actor or a model you kind of like as you're told like you're it's about take my direction and i wonder you know Right. right Well, Laverne Cox, we are inviting you here to TJF if you want to come here and tell us exactly what was going on and if it was those rotten producers that made you do this or not. <laughs> and you can say whatever the hell you want to say over here, baby, because I do. 
<laughs> hey, we're already at over 2,000 com- uh, YouTube uh, viewers in the chat. 2062, early, seven minutes in. All right, y'all. Come on. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. <laughs> okay, let's get into this uh, Diddy's son, Quincy. I don't really feel right saying that. You know, it feels so disrespectful. Albie Shore's son, Quincy. <laughs> well, Diddy has ad- did he adopt? He didn't adopt him, right? It's not. Anyways, y'all work it out in the comments. Uh, Quincy posted a video on Instagram claiming that a JetBlue pilot put his hands on him. Check out what Quincy had to say. You're not taking this back on the plane. I said, yes, I am. He said, no, you're not. Grabs me and drags me on the jet bridge. What do y'all think about this story, Al? You know, first of all, it it surprised me that he was on JetBlue. So shout out for Quincy for being economical. I mean, I think that's very smart. But you know, that, that young man has always been like very very smart, like, at least from the little bit that I know about him. Um, But something in the milk ain't clean. I I just feel like this is one-sided. I got to tell you, I've been on planes for 30 years that I can count on one hand how many times a pilot has greeted me on the way into the plane and has helped those flight attendants to check uh, uh, passengers in. So I, I, I think I need to read the incident report written by JetBlue. And also, I'm sure that Quincy and uh, his father, or who they're reporting to be his father, P. Diddy, um, would file some type of police report, right? Because he was manhandled and touched and harassed. So I'm hoping that they file a police report and we'll get a little bit more information on what really happened. Because based on what we're seeing right now, this just ain't adding up. I've never seen a pilot get involved when the passengers are loading on a plane. Okay. Q, what are your thoughts? So first and foremost, pilot should not have put his hands on Quincy whatsoever, right? That That's a job for security and police. But here's where I have an issue. And I've been on the airplane for the now for the last five weeks, once a week. Typically with a carry-on situation, if you're boarding last and they say all of our overhead compartments are full, so any remaining customers will have to check their bags at the jetway. That's typically what happens, right? Quincy is saying the bag was so small it could have fit in his pocket. It's just hard for me to believe that because if that was honestly and truthfully the case, they would have just let you put it up under your seat if the bag was that small, right? And then, of course, he, he pulled the proverbial Karen uh, verbiage. My medicine is in that bag. My medicine. You know what I'm saying? Then he reveals to us that it was anxiety medicine. Well, listen, I take anxiety and depression medicine and uh, either you take it before you get on the damn plane or you take it afterward. That's not something that you're going to need mid-flight. That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. Um, now, was his jewelry in the bag? Perhaps. But you probably got indignant with those people. And that's why this situation escalated the way it did. Then you want to run the social media. And I noticed that in the video, when he's talking about he's being manhandled, you never show us the bag that was in question. You know what I'm saying? Now, he had a little briefcase in his hand, which looked like a computer bag. And I just have common sense. I know that the little computer bag was not the bag that they were denying him access with. Again, it could have fit under the seat. So I'm thinking it was a roller board and there was no more room and they were telling him he needed to check it. And maybe he didn't feel comfortable checking it because his jewelry was in it. But then you should have took the damn jewelry out and stuck that in your pocket. Well, remember, it wasn't he didn't have the bag. 
He his said assistant had the bag. His assistant had the bag. And because the assistant couldn't get on a plane with the bag is how he got up yeah. out of his seat and then engaged the staff. Either so, way, the bag should have went under the plane and you should have followed the damn rules. I think that um, uh, I've been saying this for a while. I think ever since September 11th, I, I expected airline employees to be more gentle with their customers. And I feel like they've been extra gangster. And I think they don't de-escalate anymore. I don't really know who was at fault here, but I feel like it's oh, it, there's too many instances where it's ending, where it's just like on some rah rah. It just seems like it escalates zero to one hundred real quick. But here's the funny picture: this scenario. I, I mean to cut you off. You're sitting, and they won't let the assistant on with the bag, which means you had to get your black ass up, scroll up the aisle, go back to the door, and say, "Well, what's going on? What's going?" That already creates a situation. Yeah, true. Right. And it's near the cockpit, so that is already a concern right there. I would assume. Traveling just gotten so ghetto. It, it's just gotten to be so. So there's oh, there's a lot of incidents happening on these airlines. And I want to say this last thing: I'm tired of y'all coming into these people's shit and trying to tell them what what to do. This is these people's stuff. You need them, not the other way around. If them people said you got to check the bag, you got to check the bag. It's not their fault. Your jewelry is in your bag. All right. Well, we will definitely keep everybody posted if we get some more details or any updates on this. And uh, we will going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back with more TGIF after the break. Welcome back to TGIF. The numbers are climbing like a jet blue flight. We are at 2353 in the chat. So thank you very much. Keep it going. Q, you're missing a drink. Are you you want to go get your corona? We'll wait for you. Go I'll ahead. wait till the next commercial break. I'll get I gonna be ghetto. <laughs> I gonna be, be ghetto, ghetto. Like, the, like the people at the DMV and at the county offices just get up and go to lunch. The line just be long. I ain't gonna do the people like that. I'll wait for the commercial break. Oh, you don't want to be ghetto now. <laughs> right. right. All right, y'all. Let's get into this. Uh, Wendy Williams' ex-husband, Kevin Hunter, is suing the production company, Denmark Mercury, that uh, produces her talk show for wrongful termination. Damn, that's a, that's the best picture. We, can we go back to that picture? Can we go back to that picture? <laughs> Guilty, whatever he did. Okay. Uh, Hunter seeks $7 million plus. Yo, who's pulling these pictures? <laughs> you're you're feeling it <laughs> he looked suspicious in all the pictures like like he up to something all right um now he's say, uh, seeking seven million dollars plus damages hunter claims that he was terminated on the basis of his marital status and he suffered an economic loss in the range of seven to ten million dollars al what do you think about hunter's claim well, you know, I, I find this very interesting. I find it interesting that it's coming on the heels of her show being canceled. I find it interesting that it's coming on the heels of a video of her allegedly, even though we understand that maybe it was a little while ago of her being OK and on a beach. Um, I find it interesting that that her and Big Kevin are talking again and that her deal with uh, 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 with Dunmar Mercury is over. I, I think that this is all intentional and something about this feels intentional now that she's completely separated contractually from them it's funny how now he feels comfortable suing when it's already been what three years 
Why in that three year span when she wasn't disconnected or she wasn't um, separated from them, did he not sue? Why all of a sudden is he suing now? I think there's more to this story and I can't wait to figure out what it is. Okay. Okay. All right. Q, what are your thoughts? My sentiments 100% echo Al's, uh, but it ain't Denmark Mercury that fired your ass. It was Wendy. Okay. <laughs> so if anything, and, and you can't sue her because you don't know, already took all that lady money and got her grave disease acting up and her <laughs> lymphedema don't went haywire and she drinking and she musty up under that damn um, uh, robe thing she was wearing coming out the rehab place. You already done messed up this lady life and her finances and now you're trying to take your mess over there to dim my mercury. Kevin, how about you just leave everybody alone and you go over there keep fooling around with Sharina and just just stay out the news and just go somewhere like you already hit a lick you did right and when you get greedy the universe got a way of like getting you together brother i think he should just leave it all alone but wait a minute q now if he's technically her manager right and he helped broker that deal he gets paid a percentage of that deal every year that that contract is in in and is active. So this is money that he deserves. Even though he's not with her, he still deserves that but money. That you- money will come out of Wendy's check the same way our agents get 10% of our money, correct? Oh, no. It depends on how they, they work the deal. It depends on how they work the deal. And from what I understand, Kevin was a part of the initial deal, right? Well, so he- I would imagine, I would imagine Denmark Mercury has a slew of attorneys and that if he was owed any money contractually, I would assume that a company that large would have cut him his just due uh, when the time comes. And like you said, Al, if that is the case, then he didn't have to wait till Wendy separated from them in order to sue them. He would have sued them day one. Yeah, I, I do feel like this, though. I don't know if anybody else wants to say it, but I don't mind sharing. It's just something about when they broke up. She just went haywire. I mean, it's it's something to be said about how he was able to manage that megastar and that that mogul. I I I, I don't know. I think they're going to come back together. He's going to regroup her and he's going to go back in and close another huge deal and make some money with this woman. Hi, Brown in the chat says they're all in this together. Kevin, Wendy and the mistress. And then Comfort Asante says he didn't want to ruin Wendy's bag. That's why now that she's done with the show, he's suing. He waited. Right. I agree with that. I can I can Possibly. see that. But I'm going to tell you something I don't like, and I think that Wendy should carry it as disrespect and an insult. I don't like Wendy being relegated to this woman who can't manage her life without the assistance of Kevin. I mean, how weak and feeble is that? I, I hope it's not the truth. It feels in many occasions that it is. But I hope it's not because I I, I don't I, I don't. That's just not in a good, good place to be. My life can't function without this person. That's not an honor. I agree. I hate that narrative. Like Wendy's just useless without Kevin Hunter. Yeah. Wendy, who started on the radio, built her brand before him, right? She built some, she built something before he got in the picture. It wasn't like he was day one, right? So she's she's just useless without Kevin Hunter. Oh, I don't like that. She's bigger than that. She's stronger than that. And I don't want her to be hearing that and believe that. You know what I'm saying? Because it feels like she probably is somewhere locked in the room crying, eating bonbons. Don't 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 buy into that, Wendy. If if that is the truth, don't buy into that. You're you're bigger than that. 
Well, speaking of people breaking up, speaking of ex-husbands, Kim Kardashian is finally free from yay. A judge has declared Kim as legally single and she will be going back to her maiden name and dropping West. Are y'all happy for Kim? I mean, as far as I was concerned, she was already divorced. At the the point in which you popped up on the screen with Skeet, and now I can't even call this man Pete. No, his name will forever be etched in my mind as Skeet. The minute she popped on the screen with Skeet, it was done. You know, this was just a matter of pushing paperwork. So nothing changes here. Al, what do you think about this? I mean, good for Kim. Good for Kim, because Kanye is still out here acting crazy. All his antics, all that stuff that he's exposed over the last week has just been crazy. He's exposing her sister's info. She's He's exposing all that. You know, I just, I can see why she wants to drop that last name at this point. I 100% understand. I mean, he he made it where you almost can't even be friends with them at this point. Right. The stuff that he's doing, like, listen, you can break up with someone and be like, it just didn't work. It just didn't work out. Time, the time, you know, just didn't work out for whatever reasons and keep it pushing and we can come back and be cool later on. But he made it where you can and then you're going to go out and get find the girl that looks a lot like her. This is like his fourth relationship. We've seen him like with another girl this week. And then last week he was begging about wanting his family back. And then I again, I told y'all I'm Kanye out. If I'm Kanye out, I can only imagine how Kanye out Kim Kardashian is. She's so Kanye out that after a decade of only exclusively dealing with black men, she went to the whitest, palest man she could find <laughs> in, in Pete. Like, this is the opposite of everything she's ever dated. That's how done Kim Kardashian is. Kanye, um, you made her be done with the entire race. race. <laughs> and you know what? A- a- another thing I want to point out, they say money don't buy happiness but it damn sure buys comfort, okay? If I was Kanye and as rich as he was, I'm sorry, and it may sound materialistic as hell, but stuff makes you feel good, okay? Stuff makes you feel good. You got enough, and you know what? I'm going to back that up. Money do buy a little bit of happiness. It do. It do. It do. It's always bitches who ain't got no money talking about money don't buy happiness. Uh Money do buy happiness. I, baby, I'd be sprawled out somewhere in Maldives on a yacht with an expensive glass of wine with a whole bunch of stuff and jewelry and just be as happy as I want to be. There's just no way in hell I would be that rich and be that damn heartbroken. But maybe because, like, think about how long Kim stuck it out with him. He probably knows ain't that many people that's going to deal with all that nonsense. Like, she was, she kind of had a lot of patience. I do y'all think Kanye knows he be acting up? Yes, he knows. He clearly knows. So then he's an asshole. So then you oh, he clearly knows. Did you watch his documentary? I he, did not. He, he clearly Kanye. Kanye knows. Kanye knows what he's doing. He knows. He knows his his influence. He knows his voice. He knows what he's doing. Clearly, then he needs to grow up. Then he needs to grow up. And if he is 100% in control of what he's doing and it's not mental illness, then you deserve every ounce of anguish that you are experiencing right now. Grow the hell up. He ain't been the same since people say his mom, since his mom. Yeah, you know I what? Say, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that. buying that either. I'm, I'm going to say like, I'm it, it wasn't. We all have parents that have passed. I'm, I'm a whole say, orphan. I'm going to say 
when he walked into that poll and got mad at Kim when he walked into the poll. Remember that? Y'all remember when he walked into the poll? Mm-mm. You don't remember that? <laughs> when oh they, my were God. Out, they were out somewhere. He, he was looking down. He walked straight into a poll. And he was cursing. He was mad at Kim was sitting there trying to calm him down and de-escalate. And he was mad. It's, it, it's the poll's fault. You walked into the poll, but it's the poll's fault. Mm-hmm. All right, Kanye, bye. I hope this is the last week we have to report on him. Please, Kanye, stop. Yeah. I'm so sick of you. I hate your boots. I'm, I can't. I'm sick of it. All right, y'all. Uh, Tayana Taylor took to Instagram to put an end to rumors about her private life. A TikTok video has been going around about an alleged... ...to be friends with someone who worked for... An, who worked as an assistant for Taylor. The anonymous person claimed that Taylor ended up in a hospital due to a drug overdose after catching her husband, Iman, uh, cheating. Here's the video. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't understand why she gave it so much energy. I, I, that part I just don't get. Small technical Let, issue. Let's finish this story and wrap this up when we come back from this quick commercial break. We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to TGIF. I'm looking at the comments. We're sorry we had a technical issue, but we will. We have fixed it. Um, in the chat, Bro Nate said Kanye had Putin hack us for talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all, we, uh, we're back. So uh, back to, we're going to go to Al with his comments about the Tiana Taylor uh, TikTok Iman, Iman story. Uh, what do you think about the story? Do you think it's true? Do you think someone's just... I uh, you know, know, I don't know. I'm, I'm... Best lives. They do all types of stuff. I love Tiana Taylor and I love her husband. I, I just think they're both very attractive. I love the fam. I love their family. Congratulations to him for Dancing with the Stars. I hope it's not true. But you know what? I, I, I just feel like, what is that saying? Uh, uh, if you throw, if you hit dog call or something like that, I feel like that's what she makes me feel in, in her defending this. Because if this is some TikToker who has a history of making stories up, why are you giving this TikToker so much energy? What's well, the that- purpose of giving her energy? Tiana denied the claim and said, y'all allowed a white girl to pull some SHIT like this during Black History Month. Now, the TikToker, again, she's known for telling unconfirmed stories and parodies. And uh, I, I think I understand addressing it. That's a harmful rumor. Whether it's true or not, you're not going to if you don't feel like telling the public, you don't need to tell the public. You need to tell them if it is if there's cheating, if there was a drug thing or if you had an overdose. It's none of their goddamn business. Um, and, and if this person is known for making parodies. And maybe I think when it gets traction, you kind of feel like you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. If you mm. don't say anything, well, she's not saying anything. Maybe it's true. If you do say something, why are you addressing it? I don't really know what the right, I don't know what the right play is here. But if it bothers you, I guess as a mom and a wife, you don't want this out there. Q, what do you think? 
You know, it, it's just weird, right? Because on one token, Tiana and Iman have done a very good job. I, I will say this. These rumors are very inconsistent with what they have given the public. So right. for that, I will give Tiana Taylor's side the benefit of the doubt. And I'm a rock with Tiana. Now, I didn't like the whole y'all letting this white girl do this during Black History Month. Don't tie your mess into Black History Month, right? And don't try to pull at the heartstrings of African-Americans because this is not a Black people issue. That's mm -hmm. one thing. But the other thing is, you know, um, that parody was very detailed. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, it was very detailed. And not to say that people don't lie and just makes things up out of thin air. But it takes a lot of energy to just completely fabricate a story to that magnitude of detail. And maybe that's what the girl did. I don't know. But until we get some more sketchy behaviors or some more evidence of these types of things with Iman and Tiana, I, I am going to lean to the side of I'm not believing it and I'm a rock with Tiana. I've never heard anything about Tiana with that perfect ass body and mm. that healthy glow she has ever being. I never seen her. I, I did a movie with her. Mm. Never seen her drunk. Never heard any rumors about her on drugs. Never heard anything like that about her. So um, I would be pissed if someone accused me of being a drug addict because I was in a hospital with dehydration or whatever it was. It, like you said, cute, both y'all. It's inconsistent with everything we've ever heard about her. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm team Tayana. All right, y'all. Diddy is receiving backlash from Black Twitter after a few clips from making the band resurface on social media, showing the male contestants for day uh, 26 competing for a bed in the house and the infamous clip of contestants walking to Brooklyn to purchase him a cheesecake. One Twitter user says, Diddy really had grown men walking to get him cheesecake and singing to other men. Them was wild times, dog. Al, what are your thoughts on how Diddy treated the contestants on making the band? <laughs> it seems consistent to me. You know, I mean, at like every other music industry mogul, you know, they, they you know, what some people may label as exploited the talent. But I'm going to tell you, when I worked on Wall Street um, back when I first started and we had summer interns, that's what summer interns did. We treated them like we were pledging them because if they wanted access into our world, into our, our realm of success, we felt like that we should send them out to go get our dry cleaning, that we should send them out to go get our lunch. So I don't see him what he did was anything that was any different than ever, what everyone else was doing. You have very young, talented artists that are looking for a contract and they're willing to do whatever it takes to do it. And in his show, this made for great content. Isn't this one of the most memorable moments voted by BH1 is one of the most memorable talked about moments in reality TV. So it worked. Now, the question is, I have no idea why anyone would want to do all of that and sign with his label because he hasn't come. He hasn't produced an artist on his label that has done anything extremely significant in a very long time. So I understand paying dues, but to humiliate grown men on national television for people to laugh at them. You know what you're doing to them. And this is no secret. We've heard this about him before. Yes, he's good at what he does. But do you have to humiliate grown men and, and dangle the carrot of success? If you do this, you might get this. If you do that, I just think that's it's 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 demoralizing. It's I think reality TV is all the same. All of it is demoralizing to watch these women scream and fight and, and kick and all of that stuff, and they're grown women, I think that's demoralizing. But hey, it seems to make great TV, and the consumers can't get enough of it. 
I get unnamed reality stars that were never nothing, were never anything that we know of before they got on television, but you're a record mogul. This is how you treat your talent that you want to sign? No, thank you. Q, what do you think about this? All of it was a complete waste. Um, and, it, and it served no purpose other than to stroke Puffy's ego. I equate, and Al brought up a very good word, pledging. I, I equate it to a lot of nights when we was in the house and the brothers had us doing things. And I would always complain at the end of the night and be like, well, what was the purpose of that? And they would always say things like, you'll see at the end. Mm. You'll see at the end. Well, it's like 20 years later and I still haven't saw what the purpose of most of it was. You know what I'm saying? And then it's like, <clears throat> there are other ways to get people to prove how hungry and thirsty that they are. You know what I'm saying? And I think that the fact that they were there grinding in the studio, that was purpose enough. Now it made for great TV, but in real life, I would have told Puffy to kiss my ass because the reality of the situation is you're not going to exploit my hunger for that, that that's exploitation you're not going to exploit my hunger and desire to be in this business by making me do some crap like that he would make his own damn kids do it he wouldn't make them twins justin or any as a, as a matter of fact he laid everything out for them i just didn't like it, it, it and i think it's stupid and even al going back to your the comment that you made about the interns at wall street kind of made me cringe a little bit because for no other reason that i feel like you got to do something that, to get what I got. I'm going to make you go get my coffee and my dry cleaner. It just, I, I, I don't know. There's just too much ego wrapped in that for me. What mm. just happened to just being nice and just helping people because it's the right thing to do? You do. You do help them. You teach them the game. But the, if you can't leave your desk because you're on the market, you send them to go get your coffee. You send them to go get your lunch because you're there making money. It's, it's a part of the process. I don't see anything wrong with it in that instance. But intentionally making them walk to Brooklyn to get me a slice of cheese is a totally different, yeah. a totally different thing. But having my intern go grab me a sub from Subway while I'm still on the desk trading or making money or, or managing assets, I don't see a problem with that. I do. I think they're there to learn from you, not to go get your food. That's what an assistant does, not someone that's trying to learn the game. I mean, we're just having to they do can learn. They, they can learn. They how they learn learning and going to get Starbucks. They can go to Starbucks, too. Good idea. <laughs> I don't know. I just think that's people. I, I think that that's that. Gives I don't understand fun. why you feel like that having them help you they're there to help you having them help you is demeaning it's not demeaning i don't mind i, I would go get help. it i, I would do it help I, what i had what i have i don't mind them helping the problem that i have is when them helping is approached from a ritualistic perspective of you gotta do this oh yeah do this in yeah. order that's the game you 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 I, for no other reason then you're an intern i'm gonna treat you like a pledge and make you go get my drink that's what i have a problem with but uh -huh. explain delicately the way you explained it yeah if i'm up here making a million dollars and your ass is over there writing the first paragraph of your term paper yeah get your ass up and go get us some lunch go get us some lunch i think all you right. gotta be careful with it because we do create monsters with all this trauma and then one day that person's going to be in a position where they're going to do the same thing, abuse the next person. And I think some of it is abusive. Now, when the story isn't really about Wall Street. It's really about Diddy and how he treated those people. And look at the track record. Yeah. Look at this. No happy endings in any of Diddy's, very few of Diddy's artists. So clearly no. it is damaging. To and the, the lesson transcends Diddy. I mean, it, 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 it goes to everything. Like even when I'm on set, 
I don't let the PAs run around for me. And I know that's what they're there for. They'll, they'll come in the room and be like, you need anything you need? I just don't feel comfortable doing it. I get up and walk my own ass to craft services and get my granola bar and my coffee. I agree. I mean, yeah, I'm a fan of, uh, you know, you you uh, catch more bees with, uh, with honey or more flies with honey than shit. Yeah. But hey, everyone has their way. And you know what? That's what makes the world different and go and go around. We all have different ways and different methods. All right, y'all. Amanda Seals took to Instagram to call out global racism amid the war between Russia and Ukraine. Watch what Seals had to say. The media talking about these Ukrainians as if they are just like this anomalous group of people that because of their whiteness, they can't understand how they can be in this situation. So Seals also reposted this quote, racism got time during war, during the apocalypse. Racism always has time. Al, do you agree with her and what she's saying? Clearly, it's, when this whole thing started to circulate, the first thing I started, I started down a rabbit hole of, of Googling and I saw not just one or two, but I saw like hundreds, not hundreds, but, you know, a lot of clips and how the Africans were being treated in this situation. And it just reminded me of the United States back in the 50s, like being drug off of trains, um, being taken off of buses to make room for white uh, individuals that were trying to flee Ukraine. I, it just, every single bit of it just brought back all of these emotions of oppression. And to know that oppression is worldwide is, is, and global, like she called it, it just, it just made me very, very, very uneasy about the whole thing. Did you guys see that clip where there was a husband and wife and a child on the train and they stopped the train and they pulled the husband off the train and was pulling the wife and the kid off the train in order to make room for the white passengers to to escape Ukraine. I just felt like I, I, I just felt like, wow, wow, we are still every chance that they get to remind us of our race. They use it to show us exactly who actually should be in their minds in power. Um, I want to shout out Amanda Seals for always using her platform and D.L. Hughley. There's a bunch of uh, fellas out there, people out there on, on social media and Sean King that use their platforms to really shed light right. on these things. Um, I'm not, uh, we shouldn't be surprised. You know why? If they do this during peaceful times, why wouldn't they do this during wartime? Now it's a matter of life or death. They are doing this when we are happy as hell and everybody's good. And war always is going to bring out the ugly in people. And yes, in war, they especially have time for race. Now it's about life and death. Oh, my baby's going to get on this. My blonde hair, blue eyed baby right. will be on this train before your black ass. And, and it's sad. And, and some of the embassies over there should have made sure that their, their, their citizens were taken care of. There was arrangements made. And that's some of that falls on them. But in the time in times like this, I, I got some people that have written me from over there that have family. And uh, they said that two people died of exposure. Black folks died of exposure for just being out in the snow with young kids waiting and not being lodged it's unbelievable but again we shouldn't be surprised because racism gonna racism q what do you think about this i want to bring up two points right because i think we're, we're conflating two issues uh first i want to encourage everybody to go watch that amanda seals post because it's like five or six slides and it's very detailed as to what's going on but what she was talking about in the media and the way the media is portraying the situation and the train situation, 
they're slightly different in one regard, right? I, I had a friend point out to me that the, that the train situation, while optically it looks really bad, mm -hmm. but it had less to do with folks being black and more to do with Ukrainians taking care of Ukrainians, right? Some people are making that argument that this is really about citizens. Ukrainian people are looking out for Ukrainian citizens first and everybody else later. So that that's one issue. We'll, we'll put that nationalism. in. Nationalism. Right. So Ukraine that, 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 first. Right. So that's one issue. And while I don't agree or mm. it feels wrong, I, yeah, you know, okay. The other issue though, is that the way the media is covering it. And I think this is the bigger issue. White people, y'all really have a problem globally that y'all need to sit down in y'all's kitchen table conversations and have with each other. And the conversation that y'all need to have with one another is why is it that you do not see the humanity in people who are not white? The things that these people were unintentionally saying out of their mouths in the media coverage was despicable. One of the country leaders got up and said, I am seeing blonde haired, blue eyed children being killed. What the hell does that got to do with anything? One of the other news reporters said, I am seeing uh, we are allowing these people into Poland because they are white Christians just like us. They're not like the Syrian refugees. What in the hell is that supposed to mean? You know what I'm saying? And it's like you're telling on yourself. In short, they're saying they're like, uh, like, like, like these are not refugees. They got blonde hair and blue eyes, but the Syrians or refugees. Other people were saying, we don't see these types of things in Europe. We see it in Afghanistan and Pakistan as if y'all are above being in war. So the greater issue is white people, y'all are telling on yourselves. And it, it's just, it, it, it's seeping out in the way this is being reported in the media. Before we go to commercial, I just want to acknowledge in the chat, 3,080. Woo! Oh. Come on, girl. Oh, 3080. You think we're gonna get to 4,000? We oh maybe, maybe. maybe we got. Uh, see, we're gonna uh I just want to say this and to piggyback up your comments, um, Q. How do y'all feel good about this? I mean, yeah, I get there's this protocol and passports and blah blah blah, but when you see a baby that's two months old that's being held by its mom in the snow and they're trying to escape a ravaged city where missiles are literally taking out civilians and apartment buildings and museums, and you have the time. I, I get Ukraine first, but these are people that came to your country to study. These people came to, to be doctors and lawyers and scientists. Not that that qualifies them as good enough because we got to stop doing that. Oh, he was a good person, a good mm -hmm. guy. You know what I mean? Like we got to stop with that. Like you only, you know, super smart and the elites are, black folks are, are, are valued. But come on, how do you see a baby in a mom's arms and say, nah, and give it a Heisman? But I don't get it. You know what, Claudia? I want to point out one more thing before we go to commercial break. And it's not to further divide our community, but a lot of people were pointing out the fact that let's pretend like many of those Africans, in particular those from Nigerian, have an anti-African-American sentiment and oftentimes feel more in alignment with European countries. And that's why they took their ass over there. Like I've seen a lot of stuff in Black Twitter where people's basically saying Black Americans don't waste your damn time and y'all prayers going to bat for their ass because they really don't care for black Americans either. And it's like, you know, this is just a very nuanced, very situation, you know, it, it, it's a very peculiar situation. Mm. And, and, it, and it's sad. And it's sad because that baby didn't have a choice. The baby didn't have a choice. The baby didn't have a choice to be anti-African-American. 
you know. All right, y'all. Quick, I can just mind my business and drink my water. Mm, that part. Let's take a quick commercial break and not care about anybody else. We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to TGIF again. We hit uh three thousand. Where we at now? We are at. Oh, 3,065. Okay, y'all, we see y'all. Thank you very much. Uh, I want to get into the story real quick. I live in Texas, and it's a huge was a huge election last night. Well, the primaries were last night, and uh, our whack ass governor, you know, he's he's people are continuing to support this guy, this evil man. Texas Governor Greg Abbott is being sued for trying to criminalize the treatment of transgender children. Last week, Governor Abbott directed state agencies to investigate the care of transgender children as child abuse. Investigate the care of them as child abuse. He's being sued for violating the constitutional rights of transgender children and their parents. Q, what do you think about this story? Um, You know, I hate to make this about Donald Trump, but Donald Trump has ushered in this very nasty style of politics where now you just harp on these little buzz issues or whatever to keep your base rallied. And it's just all about securing power. Abbott don't give two shits about transgender children one way or another. It's all about rallying up his base and using this. This is one of those hot button issues. And then it's so sad because I watch how many black people and how many you know other people who claim they're allies of the community are in support of this BS. Now on one token, y'all always wanna holler by, let people do what they do with their children to each his own, let people raise their children the way they wanna raise their children. Then on the other, y'all are like, yeah, they need to, these children, listen, sexuality and all this stuff needs to be taken on an individual basis. Whatever a parent feels is best for their child, that parent needs to have the ability to do so. I get sick and tired of people who have never been gay or trans in their lives having so been such authorities on it. They that's they too young to make that decision. Well, when did you decide you were straight? When did you decide you were straight? You didn't have to wait until you were 18 to decide you were straight. And, and y'all act like y'all can't understand this concept. The same way you knew you were straight, I knew I was gay. That other child knew they were trans. And if that parent is doing the best thing for that child's self-esteem, then let them do it. On the flip side of things, if the child has no support and is in the wrong body and are depressed and committing suicide, then y'all want to holler about that. Stay out of people's individual child-rearing decisions and raise your own bad, nappy-headed children. And that's all I got on it. But they know this because Texas is one of the main states, along with Ron DeSantis, crazy behind yes. down in Florida. Yes. That's like my body, my choice. Don't too much government in my life. You can't tell me to put on a mask or get a vaccine. Right. Uh, you and then these same people when they don't like the issues. Um, oh, you can't have that book in that school. You right. can't teach about critical race theory. Right. Oh, if your kid's transgender, we need to interfere in the way you're raising your child because we don't agree. So goddamn it, Republicans, which is it? Is it small government or is it big government? Because I swore your brand was about less government in your personal life until, like you said, Donald Trump got in office and you want to cherry pick. You want to cherry pick? Oh, I don't like that. So I'm going to put the government on that. I do like that. So mind your business. You're full of shit. You have zero credibility. And that's why, Greg Abbott, you've had bad karma. When you went out jogging that day and that tree fell on you, that was God telling you, sit your ass down and you got it wrong. Yeah. 
They call him Hot Wheels down here. I don't, uh, you know, I I gotta disagree with you two on this one. I, I really feel like I, when I read the article, what he was saying was that you know, young kids that are like eight and twelve and fourteen should not have the ability to go to these registered people and get hormone shots or to get transgender uh, changing surgeries on their bodies at this young age. I don't know. I I feel like. You know, that now we got to go to commercial. That should be governed. You know what? Um, yeah, of course not the surgery. Of course not till you're 18. But he wants people, he wants parents jailed for the care. But we'll get into, you know, we're going to have to get into this on the next show. Let's take a quick commercial break and we'll be back with more. Welcome back to TGIF. One more time, special shout out to everybody in the chat that got us over 3,000 and we will we will be asking for 4,000. I know people, I saw a comment, why Claudia always mentioned the numbers? Because I'm shouting out the soulmates that support us. That's right. Y'all, y'all make us and we appreciate you. So you shut up, lady. All right, Al. <laughs> oh, no, I, was, I was just saying, you know, I just remember as a kid, there were some things that I just was very passionate about. One of the things was I swore I wanted to be Aquaman. I mean, you guys probably don't know who Aquaman is because I'm telling my age now. And I wanted everything. I wanted to wear Aquaman suit all the time. I wanted to be the color of Aquaman. I was very passionate. I wanted to wear the clothes every day. So I just feel like there is an age limit, right, that we still as parents have to parent. And parenting and, and not allowing a person to just like have everything that they feel is okay. So in this case, Abbott, what I read was that he was going to persecute those who perform like gender changing surgeries that allowed these young kids to take these hormones because they feel like that in some of the cases that they were women instead of men or men instead of women. And I I don't feel like there's anything wrong with governing that because I just don't always feel like, even though at a young age you may know that you're gay, it doesn't mean that it's not, it's okay to like change everything about your life right there. It doesn't mean that you can't do it later. It doesn't mean that you can't wait a year or two until you're 16 or 18 to do it. What's the big issue? I think because of how these surgeries are and because they're so technical and they're also so risky, we can't just be performing it on anybody that wants it. I I hear you, Al, and I don't think anyone should have any kind of body transforming surgery until they're they're 18. But I will say this, there is a huge difference between being gay and being trans. It's how you identify as a human. And also, also part of this with Abbott he wants teachers to be uh, arrested and held accountable if they have uh, and basically snitch on trans uh, children in, the, in their class that are trans. And it, it, it's he's got a lot of little wicked agenda here. He's definitely carrying the torch of Donald Trump. We don't have a lot of enough time to get to this delicious story. Uh, she's going through a divorce. We will definitely get on that topic on Friday. Fellas, thank you so much for a very fun and engaging show. I want to definitely shout out the chat, y'all. We was in the 30, like 3,100 territory tonight. All right. Y'all happy about that? I am. I'm going to have a little drink today. <laughs> <laughs> well, it don't take much reason for me to have a drink. Oh, uh, look at you. All right, y'all. I want to thank my co-hosts, Al Reynolds and Funky Dineva. Uh, stick around because T.S. Madison is coming up next. And we'll see y'all on Friday, y'all. Have a good one. Bye, soulmates. Bye, fellas. Have a good night. <laughs>